0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, have you ordered anything recently? Mm, yes. I mean, Online? Yes. I order all the time. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, you got packages
1: coming to your it's house like pretty a regular non-stop basis? stop stream it seems like at this point in time. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes.
0: Now, are you experiencing any kind of delays or issues with your stuff? Mm, nominal. You know, yeah. some
1: a little bit here, a little bit there, but I stand amazed at our ability to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Know, Collectively. But we do know that stuff. the whole supply chain and e-commerce yeah. has still got some issues oh, around yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, and they, they may feel like they're pretty big, massive issues that are hard for any one company to overcome. True. But I would say and we're gonna talk about this today, that there are some things you could do to help out your customers who are trying to really cash in on this e-commerce trend oh, and become yes. part of the, the process themselves to help them speed things up, do a little more productivity. Mm-hmm. efficiency. Can we throw that word yes, out? Yes, that's Absolutely. a good one. I like that word. Yes. There, there are ways that you can help your customers out with that. Maybe you can't 100%. help with millions or hundreds of cargo ships sitting <laughs> off the coast that aren't getting here in time. You, don't you can't need do to anything about that, that, stuff. Right. That, that. That's big stuff. Small We're talking story. the little exactly. stuff. Exactly. So today we have Drew Arnold with us from yep. Newcastle Systems. Yep. We're going to talk about, one, we're going to talk about, I didn't know this, that the uh, the growth in e-commerce has actually been bigger in B2B than it has been in B2C.
1: Ooh, see, I just learned something.
0: We've all been stuck at home ordering stuff. You'd think it'd right? be much bigger there, but it's yeah. not. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, where some of the other bottlenecks might be occurring. You know, mm-hmm. what's what's actually going on from someone who's living and breathing in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into the opportunities again. Like, where are there opportunities that we can do something, that our VARs can do something right now mm-hmm. to help out their customers yep. get on board and get involved in this and maybe free up some of that time and efficiencies that you yes. mentioned. Yes, yes, and yes. And then, you know, and then also maybe, you know, we'll talk about how we can overcome some objections from folks that maybe think, I don't need to do anything different yeah, right now. There's nothing to do here. We're yeah, good. Exactly. Why would we want to improve efficiencies what are you talking about whoever's saying that like come on yeah uh all that plus our usual value to the var and what's tech connecting with us it's time to plug in and get connected
2: welcome to the tech connect podcast
0: it's time to get connected All right. As I mentioned, our guest today is Drew Arnold. Drew is the Midwestern Regional Sales Manager for Newcastle Systems. Uh, mm-hmm. Drew, welcome to the show. We appreciate having you on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, how did you get into the, into this business and find yourself in Newcastle?
2: Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, really excited to talk to you guys today. Uh, I started with, with Newcastle Systems about seven years ago. Uh, and actually looking at the date, it's January 20th. My first day was January 19th. The reason I can remember that so clearly is I'm from Indianapolis. My company's headquartered out of Boston. My first day on the job was the day after the AFC championship game between the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots, which went on to be known as the Deflategate game. Yes.
0: (laughs) Wow. So
2: that was my first day at Newcastle Systems. The Boston folks did not take it easy on
0: me. Um, I imagine not.
2: (laughs) But over the past seven years, I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of Fortune 500 companies as well as small to mid sized companies. Um, and here, you know, recently over the last couple of years, we've really seen just a massive increase in the amount of e commerce customers looking for ways to become more efficient.
0: Mm hmm. Well, hey! If you can survive Deflate Gate on your first day at the job, you can survive anything. <laughs> that's, that's so true. That's a that's a heck of a litmus test right there, especially when you're dealing with Boston sports. I was just about to go there with New England fans. Come on, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. brutal, brutal. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, just... well, Drew, let's get into it here and talk a little bit about what's happening in the world of mobility and e-commerce, and and you know, and, and understand how what you're seeing out there, literally on the front lines. So you know, I mentioned at the top of the show that e-commerce has obviously been booming, yeah. And we all kind of expected and understood that to happen because you know we've all been stuck at home and mm-hmm. you know we've had no other choice. We you know for nice chunks of time we haven't been able to go out to stores or maybe you're not comfortable with it. But again, the stat that kind of st- popped out to me was that over the last two years, B two B e-commerce has actually grown faster and more than B two C. So can you explain that to us, like why is that, and, and is that the trend that you're seeing also?
2: Yeah, yeah. So when you look at it, uh, when you look at the the e-commerce pie, about two thirds of that pie is actually business to business. Um, It's kind of interesting because I think as a society, we think of retail, right? I go to Amazon or whatever retailer and I buy one thing. Um, But when companies start doing it, uh, obviously the volume gets a lot bigger. And that's why it's a lot easier for them to kind of eat up more of that pie. Uh, the, the other thing that's interesting is that the business-to-business business world actually gets a lot of their cues from the business-to-consumer world, right? So, you know, we call it the Amazon effect, but we all expect to get our, our shipments, whatever we buy, in two days, and we don't want to pay for shipping. Uh, well, that's kind of crept over into the business world as well.
1: And when we think about all those challenges that, that we th- think about on the B2C world all of them apply, I guess, as well in the B2B world, right? Like yeah. you're talking about accuracy of, of orders or, good God, reverse logistics. You know, and that happens in the B2B world as well. Inventory concerns, all those things right. play, play a role uh, yeah, well, in, and in I the would B2B think, world.
2: I would
0: think maybe even more so too because – you know, we as consumers are just you know buying one-off items right. most of the time. Like, oh, I need, uh, let's see, I need a, a, a new microphone or something. I'm just mm-hmm. going to buy a microphone today. Mm-hmm. But when it's a company, maybe like, I need a crate of microphones, or I need a crate <laughs> of this. I need 500 of this, and suddenly that's a that's a much bigger shipping issue and problem than just getting one item out to one person's house somewhere in the Midwest. You know, yeah. like it's a little different when you got to go uh, go that much bigger. Good point. Well then, Drew. When we're thinking about you know this whole mess that we're in, as far as supply chain is concerned, outside again of those cargo ships that are sitting out to sea, which none of us can really do anything about, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're seeing that are, that DCs and warehouses and these logistic companies are facing right now that are contributing to these bottlenecks outside of the the you know again the obvious cargo ship issues?
2: Yeah. So I'll give you three major challenges. Number one is labor. Number two is labor. At number three <laughs> is labor, right? So the, the any any conference you go to, any any breakout session, it's all going to be focused around labor. We we can't hire enough people to distribute product, whether it's in the warehouse, whether it's the trucking industry, the ports. It all comes back to labor, and that's why automation is exploding the way that it is. It's, it's I mean, it is cool, right? Robots are great. They're they're awesome. But the fact is, we need those to get the work done because there's not enough people. Um, And then particularly with e-commerce and the pandemic, right? So there's a labor crisis anyway within distribution. You throw the pandemic on there. Now, that problem's even worse. And on top of that, now everybody is buying through e-commerce. So they're buying single line items here and there. Um, Typically, we find on the operations side that e-commerce requires about three times the labor as kind of typical distribution. So it's kind of a, a perfect storm in that labor is is just critical right now. So any efficiencies that that distribution companies can squeeze out of their process, they have to look at it. And and we're really seeing that um, you know on on our our side of the business. So
1: but the challenges are not just there. It's talk a little bit about uh, and I had the pleasure of uh, being with Drew at one of our executive summits and he was talking through some of the trends and challenges that are happening in that space. But I mean, you you know, you get into like internal cycle times, order cycle times. Right. That's a challenge. Uh, Dock to stock cycle times. So, you know, when you look at the warehouse environment itself. Uh, labor, obviously, one of the big challenges there, uh, but also some inefficiencies with uh, the use of or the lack of use of technology and mobile technology, right, uh, in that space?
2: Yeah, yeah. So so to, to kind of go back to, um, we've got the labor problems, right, but customer expectations are also higher than ever. So 80% of all customers expect their order ship the same day that they placed it. And 56% of all consumers were a tough lot. Um, are willing to no longer do business with a company if they have one bad delivery experience. So when you when you jump back and look at the processes inside of a warehouse, there are some key metrics to to really pay attention to. Um, one of those you mentioned internal order cycle time, which is basically the amount of time from when the DC gets the order until it leaves. World class, that's happening in about two hours. Um, if if you're about the 36 hour mark, you definitely need to improve. Um, the, the median is somewhere in between. Dock to stock, again, it's you know, world class. They're getting product from the back of the truck put away into their inventory in two hours or less. Um, sometimes we see that's over a day, sometimes it's two or three days. Um, but right now with the inventory problems that everyone's facing, you really can't let your product set on the receiving dock anymore. So as soon as it comes in, you've got to receive it, put it away so it can be picked and shipped. And these are some
1: of the, I think what Drew just painted there are are absolutely some of the nuggets that resellers can take with them when they're having that conversation. You know, Mm -hmm. when you go Mm -hmm. into the next, I'll call it pencil pushing warehouse, where they're still using pencil (laughs) or they're still using Excel. and, And you go to them and you say, hey, look, it's obvious you know you can even do the calculation your internal order cycle time is if it's taking you 36 hours to to facilitate that an order come you know from whatever it's it's insemination to getting out the door you are not competing period right right. just full stop you're not competing best of class is in the two hour you know where they can turn that order in two hours if you are Receiving doc, you know, your receiving doc is putting that into stock. If it's taking you more than a day to do that, mm-hmm. you are not competing end user. You know, these, right. these these are just some of the genuine conversations you got to have. Best in class, you need to be closer to the two hour mark when you receive something and put it on your shelf. So, right, Drew. I mean, these are the. It, it yes. starts laying the foundation to some of the things we're going to talk about here coming up. But but also, I mean, you know, you're just you have to be able to arm yourself with that. You know, what is the industry? Where is the industry? And for manufacturers in this B2B world, just taking one small slice of of B2B, people have to understand what what you know what good looks
0: like. I guess right, is another right. way yeah. to put it. Yeah,
1: exactly. you know they're living in their world, and they might think the three days is okay. No, <laughs> no
0: it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> well, and I would think too that if you were if you were able to go to somebody and say, hey, can we at least for trying to find a way to live somewhere in the middle between the two and the three, yeah, uh, hit the, hit the two hours end. and thirty yeah, yeah, six. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. if you just made it to, I don't know. 16 hours or something imagine how much more stuff you can get out the door how much more productive you're going to be how much more or how much happier customers e- might be right exactly even yeah. even a, like again it's not maybe saying like hey i want to, i want you to become the best in class it's i want you to at least be better than where you are right mm-hmm. now at least be somewhere in the median somewhere if you can yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. well then drew let's talk about the the the
2: actually good yeah, yeah can i can i chime in there because there's there's something else moving those companies that are at two hours at world in class numbers, they're improving faster than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So it's scary, right? If, if you're on the other end of the spectrum, you have to get better and you have to get better fast,
1: really quick. Yep. Yeah. And yep. that's part and, of the
2: message. And it's not just speed, you have to maintain and improve accuracy as well. Right? Because the those companies that are uh, shipping out orders in two hours, putting orders away in two hours, They've also got world-class accuracy, which is up over like 99.8%. Um, on the lower end of the spectrum, and this is all according to the the work studies put out each year, um, they're closer to 93%. So you imagine if you're shipping 7% of all of your orders incorrectly, customers aren't going to be happy. They're not going to use you.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's a yeah, really, I, I really good point. Well, it's like – and it's one of those things where, like, you know that if you're buying somewhere besides Amazon or Mm Walmart.com, some smaller company maybe you've never really heard of or ordered from before, I I would hopefully think you think to yourself, all right, I may not get the exact same experience. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, you're still wanting the Mm -hmm. exact same experience if possible. And anything – and even though you might get a little less than that – The farther and farther away from that experience you get, yeah, the less likely you are to go back to that person again. If you're thinking, all right, I buy this on Amazon, I get it in two days, and it's always correct, great. I'm buying it from this guy, I get it in three days, it's still always correct, fine, I'll deal with that. Oh, now I'm buying it from this person, I got it in five days— they botched my order up the last two orders and I had to return stuff and get it. yeah you're right that's it like you you're not going to get well, more than one chance maybe two chances if you're lucky with them yeah and i
1: think the part of the commentary here is that you know as a society our expectations off of what what happens in the b2c world and just the you know on demand type of environment the information flow that you have uh, the ability to get in you know things quickly that definitely translates into the B2B world yep. right and yep. and if you and you know come across an end user if you're a reseller and you're coming across your customers that don't understand that just yet you uh, you need to be one of the people that are telling them hey then you're not going to you know this is not going to yep. turn out well for you uh yeah. you know on this side because this part of the world has
0: changed dramatically exactly and it becomes even more critical again when you go into B2B because You know, me as a consumer, if I don't get a video game that I ordered you know, in two days and instead it's four days, whatever. I just right. missed that on a couple of days playing the game. Mm-hmm. But if you're working B2B and they don't get something that's critical for their, oh, their, yeah. their business, for their processes, for, you know, for them to fulfill another order mm-hmm. of some sort, mm-hmm. that's a huge difference than just, you know, John getting annoyed because he didn't get his game on time. That's a pretty big difference between that yeah. and a company who literally is maybe losing millions of dollars oh, because they can't yeah, get Yeah. We, we got to shut
1: down this line because yeah. we didn't get the widget. It, exactly. Time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah
0: you don't want to mm-hmm. mess that up. No. Well, well then, well then, Drew. Let's talk about the the opportunity here because this is what our Vars are obviously wanting to really you know think about is yeah you know where is their opportunity? What can I do about this? I can't do anything about those ships. They're probably thinking I really can't do anything about the labor shortage either. <laughs> but I know that you tend to speak, and this is why you know Dean recommended you for to come on and talk to us about this because he mentioned when he heard you speak about this at the executive summit that you often speak about mobility as as being the the low hanging fruit when it comes to assisting with these problems. So. Explain to us why you think uh, why you think that and how mobility solutions are helping solve some of these challenges.
2: Yeah. So when you look at um, technology automation, if you look at the barriers to entry, mobile powered carts have very few. Um, Typically, our customers, we like to joke that, you know, you need a ceiling, you need a concrete floor, you need Wi-Fi and electricity. Pretty much every warehouse out there has those. Maybe some, the exceptional Wi-Fi, but they're not a fit for us, right? So um, those are basically what you need to implement our solution. Um, if you've got Wi-Fi, you can use Wi-Fi devices on our carts, right? Um, electricity just needed to recharge the product. So that's that's very low. It's not complex. It can work with um, your whatever softwares you have. We're, we're agnostic when it comes to that standpoint. So really, Whatever systems you have in place, they work alongside our product. Whatever you're plugging into the wall, you simply plug into our product. So, from that standpoint, there's really no barriers to entry. Um, the cost, you know, you, you can say that's expensive, that's cheap. It does have a lower cost, but more importantly, the ROI is extremely fast.
1: And to be, were you going to say something else there, Drew? No, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. There was, uh, I think you guys do a very good job, by the way. If you go onto the Newcastle website, they have awesome information from a reseller standpoint. Uh, Let's dive into this mobility because I could not agree more. This is one of those areas that I think resellers, it is low hanging fruit uh, to be able to walk into the door and figure out how an environment can be much more efficient through the use of mobility. And you'll probably
0: see it. If you just literally walk the floor, you'll probably see exactly where, like, oh, I know where we can improve this right
1: absolutely. now. absolutely i think they do a really good job so here just to be clear we're we're, we're talking about mobile carts mm-hmm. you know in the environment of a warehouse uh you know that's what newcastle does and excels at so the whole concept here is well <laughs> and and i love some of the stories you had drew it's it's like okay the current work environment is you have an employee they have to print a label the label is across the warehouse mm-hmm. to to you know to put on the box in order for it to ship there's so much inefficiency there and then Obviously, this is on the fulfillment side, you know, just mobilizing the cart so that, you know, the cart and that technology can go with the person. Uh, Also, on when you're in the receiving area, mobilizing the receiving area and having a cart there, a battery powered cart. It is unbelievable the, you know, the amount of efficiencies that you can garner. To your point, Drew, you're not shaking things up in the sense that it's your ERP it's the scanners maybe that you're using today maybe we have to uh, it can be the printers too they just right. go on the cart and now they're powered by mobile power you're not rocking the boat right. as as a far small as fix, it, it's it's yeah. a very small fix that can have a dramatic impact, impact on the efficiency of Your customer, your reseller, your customer, you can walk in the door and make such claims as we're going to make this 40 percent more efficient than it is right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and Mm -hmm. and you're going to be able to, uh, you know, do this many more orders just by mobilizing your workforce. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So uh, that's one of the cool, that's why I think this is such low hanging fruit uh, in, in its ability. And some, a couple of the articles that you have on your site, Drew, you know, what I, what I like about it is they have, you have a little ROI rating uh, on some of the bottom of, of the uh, pages. And it says, here's your cost and here's the time to impact. And when you think about... Making something mobile, you know, the use of mobile carts uh, where the cost might be middle of the road, you know, type of a thing, but the time to impact is like day one. You know, this is impacting day one, and and they have countless use cases and and case studies, which I love. I know everybody knows I love them uh, in the sense that Vars learn from Vars. You've got these case studies out there where just about every industry that implemented some type of mobile solution, Mm -hmm. instant uh, gratification, you know, from that regard. Yeah, so.
2: And from, from the, the VAR standpoint, it's really easy to spot the opportunities. Um, if, if there's a fixed printer stuck to the wall via power cord and somebody is walking from pallets back to that printer, there's a need for our product there or some sort of mobility. And so that, that's really that's how you can really find the opportunities. Now, unfortunately, And operations, right? They're up against it. There's a labor shortage. They've got a lot of throughput they have to do. They're fighting fires all day. They see people walking. They don't necessarily pick up on, those are wasted footsteps. They see somebody's working really hard, they're busy and they are, but if they don't have to take those footsteps, that's where the VARs can really help the customers and kind of leverage that process gain to refresh equipment. I think we're probably going to get into that later on. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you know, and I think this also comes back to another talking point that we've touched on a few times, this whole great resignation that's going on in the workforce right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. This labor shortage is obviously coming out of, in part because of, you know, what's happened related to COVID or, you know, opportunities people might have elsewhere, competition. But a big part of it, too, is. People that are just deciding, like, "Hey, I don't want to do this kind of job anymore. I don't want to do the job that requires me to walk <laughs> ten miles a day just around a warehouse to do to they pick and pack how it and it move." inefficient and do stuff. it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like it's it's people saying like this. Just it's not healthy for me anymore. I don't get paid enough. I don't get good enough benefits. Mm-hmm. Why would I want to do this job? It's breaking my back. Mm-hmm. And this would be a simple way for you to say, "Hey." You know, you can put a leg up over your competition. Like where we live here in the Cincinnati tri state area, mm-hmm. there are lots of distribution centers and warehouses. We're a oh, big, man. A big yeah. hub for that in this area. Lots of competition. Imagine if, when you're out there recruiting, you can show people when they come in to potentially look whether they want to work for you or, or versus another place and say, hey, I'm not going to make you walk the floor for hours and hours every day just looking busy because you're just trying to get from point A to B all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the tools you need to stay in one place, get all your work done, work just as—actually more efficiently. More efficiently, yeah. And yeah. also not break your back and kill your legs and, and, and make you want to just you know crumple up in a ball at the end of every day because you're in pain or something. Right. <laughs> that's the kind of I mean I hate to say it but that stuff is it's again it's a low hanging fruit kind of thing to be able to go to to a workforce and tell them like hey I genuinely do care about you I get this maybe isn't the highest paying job in the world it may not be the most exciting job in the world but we at least care enough about you to give you the tools you need to not you know not break down every day after yeah. working Yeah that's simple it. simple as that's that it. Yeah. Even on
1: Go ahead, Drew. Uh,
2: uh, no, I'm sorry. But John, yeah, you bring up a good point and, and it might even be another topic for uh, a different podcast. But um, employee engagement is huge. Um, when you engage the employees, show them that you care about them. Um, there's some studies that show that engaged employees are 30 percent more effective and they're a lot less likely to quit. Yep. All right, so to tie that back to labor, if you've got somebody in-house and they're doing a great job, you can't let them go.
1: Yeah. I mean, think about it. If you're if you're there and you want to, you know, you want to do right and and a good job, uh, you know, there's efficiencies in the world that you're maybe living in today where you got to print something, you got to go to a printer, a label printer halfway across the warehouse there's there's opportunity for you to get the wrong label because somebody else is printing something else to, as well i mean that kind of stuff has a negative impact on the per- person's performance whereas you know through a mobilized solution now everything's right here i'm, I'm printing at the pallet, if you will uh enabling that it really does improve job satisfaction a- across the board yeah. interesting really interesting when you think about you know, I mean, I guess to your point, Drew, operations people, they just they have their head down, right? They're just trying to get through the day, trying to get the orders out. Not really. It's fascinating. They see people buzzing around. Oh, that means work is getting right, done. Right. Whereas no, <laughs> the work's getting done. OK, but it's not efficient. And so much more work could be getting done. That's a that's a fascinating take. Exactly.
0: All right. Well, hey, Drew, uh, you know, let's wrap up this conversation by talking about Dean has already hinted at of this ROI. You guys talk yes. a lot about ROI on your website and, and I'm sure in your conversations with customers. So we know that there's a lot of people that take a, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of attitude. Right? You know, yeah. just, I don't have any real major problems. We're not world class, but we're doing great. And we're, we, we feel like we're pretty efficient and we're getting stuff out there. Uh, you know, that is the one of the most common objections is always the we just talked about that with James Cordy on a marketing episode the battling the status quo. Yep. So how do you use this whole idea of ROI to overcome those kind of objections? Mm.
2: Yeah. So, you know, the if it ain't broke, I'm not going to fix it. It's a very costly mindset to have. Um, same as, you know, we've always done it this way. Extremely costly to think like that. Um, and I'd even argue that if, if you're not at those world class numbers. It is broke, so it is worth looking into fixing the problem, right? Um, we often use ROI just because it's, it's so strong, right? Um, there's a lot of wasted motion in these processes. Again, if you're a VAR, just think, I've got somebody walking from a printer to pallets. Try to quantify how much they're walking. Uh, baseline numbers, we typically see that between 10 and 30 minutes per hour. 10 minutes per hour is two months of the year. Right, So to tie it all back to labor, you can't pay people to walk two months and not get any value out of that. Um, So with that, at 10 minutes per hour, we typically see an ROI between three and six months in a one shift operation. And that's even with the the hardware thrown in there. Um, So the interesting thing about our product is it can have a tremendous impact, um, improve uh, efficiencies across the board but it has no value without zebra equipment on it, Honeywell equipment on it, the AIDC stuff. Right. Um, so working together, that's really where the ROI comes in. Um, and that's, you can raise some eyebrows. Uh, for example, I was on a call yesterday, uh, companies looking at, at 50 stations. Um, the ROI ended up being 1.7 months just because their associates are paid very well. And, There's a decent amount of walking in their process. So it's one of those things where they kind of thought it was a problem. They didn't realize how big of a problem it is. So now you're talking across all of those stations throughout the year, savings of over a million dollars. So it can have a massive impact despite being a relatively simple product.
1: I That's love impressive. it. You know, I think from a reseller standpoint, I get it. Sometimes having the mobility conversation is a difficult one, right? Yeah. I mean, you, it's it's hard to sometimes articulate into meaningful solutions or whatnot, and so um, you know, in order to have that conversation, we're talking specifically here about mobile carts, but you know, the mobility conversation can be broader than that, right? right. I mean, a lot of the devices that we distribute that resellers are implementing enable that. You know, it's not a fixed reader anymore it's a mobile reader but it's even then trying to get you know customers to move into that direction very very difficult to do I will give a shout out to Newcastle in this and you got to go to their their website and go to that ROI link mm-hmm. they have got a fantastic little calculator yep. here uh, right. that you can utilize to get to, to illustrate the value of now again this is specific to mobile carts but I think that if you get into the mindset of using uh, of trying to calculate mobility Yep. now you have a different way of having that conversation with your customer this particular roi uh um you know uh, what do they call it again calculator mm-hmm. is really really good you yep. put in there the number of hours per week the number of minutes they're standing at a, at a cart uh, and it does a fantastic job of just instantly oh well this is how much you would save per year and that's where i guess where drew was getting to they had one that went all the way down they see the payoff in 1.7 months it, it, Anyway, again, the whole idea here is how do you have that conversation? A tool like this and maybe, you know, starting to approach into that, in this case, a mobile cart is, is a good way to transition into that conversation. Yep.
0: A little simple math can, can solve some problems. Right?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Because you need to be able to quantify. just be able to walk into your customer and say, well, you know what? If we put mobile you know readers on these folks or or a mobile printer, it's I can tell you it's going to be a lot more efficient. No, you need to walk in maybe <laughs> with something that's a little bit more quantifiable. Right. Right, uh, and to have that conversation, yeah. and it's just yeah.
0: it's it's all just part of a conversation. It's it's about asking the right questions. That's so exactly ask, right. Or and and if if they'll let you do it, see if you can get out on the floor, talk to some of the workers, and yep. ask them like, hey, what are you? What's your day to day work? Look? can I shadow you for a little bit? Yeah. Oh, so you got to walk from here to there. There, yeah. Um, you know, how far would you say that is? How how often do you do this every day? You know, because yep. it could be maybe the people at the. Upper levels don't necessarily think about that stuff as much or aren't calculating that stuff. But when you get in there and see what's actually happening, it's a much more powerful story that you can come back later and say, hey, I crunched the numbers and you're, you're losing a lot of efficiency just by someone walking from point X to point Y to mm-hmm. just get something done. And so.
1: I'm going to tie this into the conversation we had maybe last podcast about the Challenger model, right? Yep. So if you can walk in and and have a conversation that's going to kind of unteach the biases that maybe your your customer has around, oh, no, we're good. Yeah, you this, know, this is just, just how it's efficient. done. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, no, we have a central printer that everybody right, can right, go right. to. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's taking everybody whatever 10 minutes. Minutes out of their day, uh, you know, per yep. work hour to go to that centralized printer. Anyway, it, it gets you into that conversation really a meaningful way. Yeah, exactly. For sure.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, hey, this has been a a great conversation uh, about what's happening here in the world of e-commerce and mobility. Uh, As always, we want to wrap things up before we get to our final segments by, first of all, thanking our TechConnect sponsors. So uh, DataLogic, Elo, Epson, Honeywell, Intel, Zebra, thank you so much for your support of the show. I know Newcastle does a lot of work with Zebra, too, you know, and and, then just cool stuff they can put on those carts. So, you know, if you are looking for solutions that include uh, the hardware piece of things, you know, if someone's looking to upgrade, you can and do that with some of these great folks as well. And hey, uh, as always, if you like the show, a couple different things you can do. If you're listening to us on a podcaster like Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Spotify, Leave us a rating and review. Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five star rating. Uh, if you leave a review for us, we'll check those out. Maybe read some of them on air. We don't get that happen too often. We no. get some. We get some five star ratings. But you know, I think we're still at a perfect five stars yeah. for now. There you go. And uh, but I'd love to hear some reviews from you folks and tell us what you think about the show. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button for this episode. Leave a comment if you like. Definitely subscribe to Blue Stars channel. We have all kinds of cool video content even outside of the podcast. Smash
1: the subscribe. So smash
0: that subscribe button. Uh, <laughs> as the kids like to say and uh, of course as always if you have thoughts about the show if you have questions other topics you want us to tackle please don't hesitate to reach out to us you can find us on twitter at tech connect pod you can also email us techconnect@bluestarinc.com. at bluestarinc.com All right, hey, let's wrap up as always. First of all, with the value to the VAR, this is where we want to kind of give a little takeaway for our audience from this conversation. Mm -hmm. And uh, in particular, I'm going to let Drew talk a little bit more about Newcastle and what they can do for our VARs. So, you know, tell us about how you are helping VARs out right now with capturing this low-hanging fruit of mobility. Yeah.
2: Right. So Newcastle Systems, world leader in mobile-powered workstations, right? Think of it as a battery on, on wheels, really. Um, one, it's, it's an extra tool just to keep in mind when you're helping your customers, um, you don't necessarily just want to quote them hardware, right? You, you do want to solve their problems. It's going to strengthen your relationship um, and, and keep them your customer longer. So that's really where we've helped. Um, the other thing that, that we've helped the VARs with is refreshing equipment that might be 10, 15, 20 years old that's still working fine, right? maybe Zebra made the printers too good and (laughs) people have had them for 15, 20 years. They're still printing labels like they're supposed to, right? Um, As a, as a reseller, that, that could be problematic if you're trying to refresh their equipment and there's no compelling story. So through the, the process improvement piece, that's where we come into play. We provide the ROI, not just for our cart, but for the whole, whole solution, right? So maybe, Maybe that's a new ZT411, maybe it's a new scanner, maybe it's you a know, new computer, mobile computer, wh- whatever you need, but the process improvement that our product provides help justify the cost um, for all of the hardware. So one, the customer wins because they get new equipment and their process is better. Two, the reseller wins because they're the ones facilitating that whole deal and strengthening their relationship with the customer's. Um, We win because our product's part of the all-in-one solution and Blue Star wins as well because all of that's going through Blue Star, right? There you
1: go. That's right. No, nice. it's it's a good story to to, mm-hmm. to talk about. You know, the value to the bar here is having that mobility conversation. And what I love about the carts, it, it, again, it's 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 a, it's a focus piece. You can focus on it if you want, mm-hmm. uh, and to mobilize your end your customers, um, or it, you can use it generally to talk have the mobility conversation. But at the end of the road, you know, who's going to complain about their workers being more efficient, <laughs> being connected? <laughs> no congestion around you know, resources that they might have today. The pace of the environment is, is picked up even more. I mean, the, this is the conversation you wanna have. And seriously, as a solutions integrator who has the best interest of your customer at, at heart, understanding a mobile solution like this one that we've been talking about, like a mobile cart, and how you can just mobilize the whole solution, Man, you're gonna you're gonna well for those people that understand that hey these are important and if I want to stay relevant in this world I got to I got to start moving to these types of solutions right yep and
0: you know and I love also the Newcastle it gets kind of we we talk a lot about how our vars should be thinking of solutions not Mm -hmm. just selling products you Mm -hmm. know it's to in our mind it's this is how you move forward and how you survive in this channel at this point is you're selling solutions not just I've got a scanner. I've got a mobile computer. I've got a printer, and I like that Newcastle from the manufacturer side of things also understands that and realizes, right. like, hey, we're happy to sell you just a card, and that's fine. But we want you. We want to work with you to create a full solution as well. And that might that's mean it. reaching out to other partners, and again, yep. bringing in an entire solution that we can go to somebody and say, hey, here's how this is going to impact your business. Oh, and by the way, we've already got everything to back it up. We'll Absolutely. show that to you. We'll yep. show you why this is gonna why this is going to prove the case for us and you should have no good reason to really turn us down at this point yeah
1: yeah yeah really good products uh too along the way yeah
0: definitely all right well hey let's wrap up as always with our favorite segment what's tech connecting with you this is where we get to talk about something from the world of science tech innovation that has caught our eye got our attention is making us excited about the future of science and technology or dreading where humanity might end up next Could go either way. So Drew, I'll let you start. What's Tech Connecting with you right now?
2: So I've got a, uh, I I thought it was an app, but it's actually just a website. It's called Dr. Alexa. And I thought it might be relevant to people right now. Um, I actually helped a friend out, lives in a different part of the country. Uh, the, The COVID numbers are really bad where he's at. He couldn't get a doctor's appointment for a simple cold told them about Dr. Alexa. It's a website. Basically, if if you kind of know what's going on, so maybe say it's a sinus infection and you've had them before and you know you typically get a pack. uh, you can actually go on there, tell them your symptoms, tell them what you need. And next thing you know, you tell them what pharmacy to send it to and boom. So it's kind of like uh, taking the doctor to the e-commerce level as well. Nice. Oh, i'm just yeah. now logging
1: onto the site I had no idea <laughs> this existed what yes
2: yes i've, I've actually had it, i used it on vacation once felt the sniffles coming on and uh, as soon as we got there said i'm not doing that on vacation so just punched it in got the meds never actually got sick so it's been a lifesaver for me as well that's I'll fantastic. be darn.
0: Yeah. Well, I go. like this stuff too because I, I hear about these things. We're kind of spoiled in the area we're in here where we have basically only a couple of major healthcare systems. Yeah. Actually, maybe spoiled isn't the right word because that can be a bad thing sometimes. Right. But there's only a few major healthcare systems in this particular area where if you're going to a doctor or a hospital or any kind of specialized clinic, you're probably going someone connected to them. But you live in some areas, especially major urban areas like New York, LA, where there are thousands of choices not connected to each other in any way and it can be hard to navigate through finding like the right person to do the right thing for you so i think yeah stuff like this i feel like is what's going to help enable that kind of future of medicine where you can get what you need right even without having to figure out and know exactly where you're supposed to go to get it so yeah. i like this yeah. it's kind of cool that's that's a good dr. service dr alexa dr alexa i'm in There right, you go.
1: dean what's tech connecting with you have you lost faith in the faa like i have is this about 5g can there be any more of a debacle that is happening right now than the than the whole at&t verizon rollout and the faa i mean this is just so fascinating but but it's sad also because how
0: long has this been coming
1: uh, well, two years. So yeah. FAA specifically has had two years to figure this out. And they're not taking the bull by the horns. No. It's not until the airlines go, would you please, God, don't turn these things on because we might be gra- driving planes into the ground. And even that was like, eh, no, we're still going forward with it, right? at yeah. and Verizon are yeah. like, no, you know, we're still going to do this. It's like, it's like, what is happening here? I'm trying to get my head around it. So anyway, yeah, the FAA has had two years uh, to go through this. So I'm going to read AT&T's most recent response. Thankfully, they didn't turn on these towers that are next to the, the big airports. And and here's what they say at our sole discretion. We voluntarily agreed to temporarily defer turning on the limited number of towers, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And the FAA to provide further information about our 5g deployment, since they have not utilized the two
0: years they've had (laughs) to responsibly plan for this
1: deployment. I feel like
0: this is one of those things where like, Oh, A whole bunch of people kind of messed this up. I, but nobody's going to get fired. You know, I know. This, and no one's, one no those... one's going to take credit for not getting it right. And no one's going to get fired. Over this. Exactly. The commentary here is if this
1: like was a business, you know, heads would be rolling, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. stuff. but, but this is the FAA. I mean, how does this even happen that we get to this, this point?
0: I mean, we, again, we've been talking about 5g forever. This is forever. not a new concept. This no. is not something they just came up with yesterday and decided like, we're going to roll this out in September and everybody, you know, get on board. No, we, there's been plenty of time to figure out the ramifications yeah. of this. Yeah.
1: yeah. And 18, and Verizon obviously was working in conjunction with the FAA to figure out if there was going to be an issue around here had two years to figure out it's not like the FAA came out and said hey you know what we're we're, we're taking the lead here we need a little bit more time or whatever it is it wasn't until the airlines started going hey hey can we not do this (laughs) Anyway, that's it's not yeah. really it's more of a tech beef. It's yes. like, Oh my God! What you. is going on?
0: And and, I, and again, I, I don't know every single nuance of the thing. I'm sure there's things that we don't really know about going on here. But sure. at the same time, and 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 I'm also like, hey, well, it's a PR debacle. I don't. I definitely point. don't want to have any any reason for my plane to crash after takeoff or not be able to land somewhere. Exactly. Because because someone wants to download a puppy video faster than <laughs> usual. That's, I'm fine with that precaution there. <laughs> But again, at the same time, like, you've had the time to figure this out. Why have you not yet?
1: And other countries have, but we haven't. And then, you yeah, know, oh yeah. My Lord. So what's tech
0: connecting with you? Hopefully uh, something
1: brighter than that.
0: Okay. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. May or may not be brighter than that. Okay. So have you, for some reason, space topics were have been a big thing for you. Yes, I think when okay. I've been, like, when I was, like, collecting links to talk about over the off season here, I kept finding a bunch of space stuff. Have you heard about the DART mission? No. This is Nash's project with SpaceX. They're working in conjunction with SpaceX here. It's called, it's the double, it's DART stands for Double Asteroid Redirection Test.
1: Oh, okay. So basically the idea
0: is to solve a problem that doesn't necessarily exist yet, but could theoretically at some point, which is a, a massive asteroid plummeting towards Earth that could cause a cataclysmic event. They they call them like, you know, city smashers or city destroyers or whatever, mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. the kinds that could potentially, even if they just blew up an atmosphere, cause some serious, serious damage and alter the Earth forever, potentially gotcha. in some way. So the idea is, hey, let's figure out if there's a way that we can stop these things from happening. And granted, they don't honestly know if this is going to work, mm-hmm. but they're doing a mission. They actually launched it November 23rd. Uh, it was on a SpaceX capsule, and basically they're going to hurl a space vessel at an asteroid. So we know where an asteroid is. It's, it's not one that's actually on its way to Earth, but right. one that we're going to hurl an unmanned vessel at it, smash it into it, and see if it alters its trajectory. Really? They don't honestly know if this is going to work, so but no they're going to try it. no head on it or anything no. like that. and that's, to, that was the article, which I'll link to in the notes that's talking about this, mentions like Hollywood loves to talk about this idea of like using uh, yeah. nukes, but like, yeah. Yeah. Again, you don't know what those are going to do, and it could simply just make the problem worse. Where it just blows it up into like a thousand <laughs> asteroids that rain down all across the planet, you know, and and make right. even more issue, more right. damage. So they're going to try this out. Hopefully that it, it works. Apparently it's going to reach its target sometime in the fall, and it'll hit at a at. 42,000 kilometers per hour is the speed that it'll be impacting wow, the asteroid. that's moving. But again, they still are like, we don't know if it's just going to kick up a cloud of dust, maybe just slightly alter its trajectory. We really don't know. Do we know
1: how big the asteroid is that they're hitting? I, uh, it
0: might have been in the article, but I don't okay, remember. But, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was, I think it was they picked one that they felt like if this is the kind of asteroid that if it was on its way to Earth mm. it would cause the most potential mm. damage, you know. And there's there's interesting stuff in the two in the article about you know some previous instances of this stuff happening. One was in 2013 in Russia. There was a much much smaller yes, asteroid yes, that yes. blew up over a city, leveled some buildings, blew yeah. out windows. I think 1,200 people ended up dying. Like it was a pretty significant thing. Mm-hmm. And they also mentioned I don't know if you've ever heard of the Tundusk, Tunguska event,
1: mm. which is I think
0: 1903 maybe. Oh it? yes
1: yes 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 yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Another one that they believe blew up over top of this whole area and just leveled. Thousands and miles of forest, yeah, and terrain. like the trees, yeah, were like and sticks. again, mm-hmm. didn't even impact the earth. Just blew up in the atmosphere and still yeah. caused that much yeah. damage. So they basically said in the article also that there is a a one percent chance every century of one of these things actually finding its way to Earth. And so their theory, their idea is at some point. We're going to run out of the luck, <laughs> and it's probably going to happen potentially somewhere. So we need to figure out how start to, figuring how to out. stop it before it happens. And maybe it's another few thousand years off, but at some point, we probably should figure this out. So I'm interesting little mission. Attention. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how this goes, see if it actually works. What a know? scientific flex to, to
1: say, you know what? We're just going to launch something, however far away this asteroid yeah. is, that is traveling at whatever
0: ungodly speed. We're going to ram it. Just going <laughs> to ram it and
1: see what happens. What? Yeah. Now here's what's going to happen. You're so going to cool. send it
0: on a trajectory that hits some other planet where some aliens live or something like that and they're going to start a war with us because they think we <laughs> struck first i don't know
1: yeah there's your doomsday that's, right there that's tomorrow's problem that's
0: tomorrow's <laughs> problem oh, all right man. drew arnold from newcastle systems thank you so much for joining us Thanks, today Drew. thank you both and, hey until next time uh find a way to not have to walk 10 miles a day there in, you your, go. in your in your more efficient warehouse facility get more efficient and as always please stay connected Hey, Dean, what if I told you that one product could have thousands of uses? Can you think what? of a product that has thousands of uses? No. Well, maybe my phone. Well, I, I suppose. No, I can't use it to open a bottle. So, no, I can't. I got nothing. Okay, well, I either to tell you, this product you can't open a bottle with either. Okay. But <laughs> the possibilities are endless with Elo's iSeries 4. Ah. From self-order and self-checkout to order pickup and virtual assistance, you can pair the iSeries with a variety of stands to create your perfect kiosk. Uh, audio and vis- video applications, no problem. The iSeries offers built-in digital microphones and an 8-megapixel camera. Uh, you know me. I love kiosks. Yes, right? Yes. Anytime I can use a kiosk and avoid human contact. You're in way, all in. I'm all in. All yeah. in. I mean, if the end of the world comes and there's no humans, but the kiosk can still operate you're good. and give me what I want, I'm yeah, good. You're Fine, good. Fine. It's all yeah. good. Uh, iSeries also lets retailers build engaging experiences, educate buyers, create brand awareness and drive purchases in-store with an easy-to-use interactive platform that can adapt as needs change. With a built-in I-O hub, USB-C connectivity, and optional customer-facing display, you can easily convert your favorite i-Series into a powerful industrial design. POS system. That sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah,
1: and did we say Android?
0: Yes. Is right? They do yeah. Android. I'm sure they get Android. Of course they do. I have Android and Windows, actually. I don't oh, know. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, if, if not, Eli will correct me there. Sorry <laughs> about that. To learn more and select like the perfect iSeries display for your customer's needs, contact your Blue Star Eli representative. Hey, this episode is all about mobility and yes. e-commerce, right? Yes, so, yes. So we should be talking about some mobility products, right? I think that would be a great idea. That's right. Well, hey, the Tech Tech podcast is brought to you by Zebra. Look, the on-demand economy is pretty challenging to frontline mm-hmm. workers. You're going to hear more about that in this episode, mm-hmm. including forklift operators. Well, to fill orders faster, you want them to have a, no loss of accuracy. Yes. Uh, So, designed for harsh warehouses, cold chain, and yard environments, Zebra's ultra-rugged vehicle-mounted computers can equip them to elevate their work performance to new heights. They're made to be mounted on material handling equipment and withstand extreme temperatures, shock, and vibration to maintain operational continuity. I mean, I get frustrated when my computer just fritzes for a moment. I can't imagine if... You're in the middle of working in a cold environment or something. Your computer's yeah, freezing up. get this thing to work. Why you, is this literally. thing not working? What is yeah, going on? Yeah. Come on, yeah, it's very frustrating. I want my green beans delivered to Kroger sooner. <laughs> That's the ultra rugged. Uh, sorry, there is the ultra rugged VC eighty three hundred, which makes it, uh, migration and device management simple, easy, and cost-effective, providing a keyboard to support today's green screen apps and Android for the apps of tomorrow. Get to those apps of tomorrow. Green screen. Yeah, green screen. We got to get away from that. I mean, I'm glad Zebra's supporting that. That's awesome. Of course, of course. Come on, green screens. Right now, if speedy, accurate inventory and asset management is called for, the VC80X Android series fits virtually any vehicle. They have programmable keys field replaceable touchscreen or optional keyboard all usable with even the thickest gloves i wanted to be the person that tries that out you're right with the that gloves? actually sounds like something our proving squad might have done <laughs> just like super thick gloves yeah like right. whole cans or something you know you oh, can here. just
1: bound your yeah. yeah yeah you can get it me touch computer
0: <laughs> want to learn more and find the perfect option for your supply chain customers check out the link in the show notes or contact your blue star zebra representative